WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, DJ B-Funk talks about the cancellation of the Athens Halloween block party. It's safety. You know, we want people, people are like, oh, well, it's outdoors. It's like, yeah, I mean, it is, but people are still together, you know. And Nelsonville fights to hold on to its classification as a city. There's no appetite to go to a village. I think everyone has the shared concerns about city services. Um, and I think we all know, as a matter of fact, there are 5,000 people here. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. In the shadow of Colin Wyant's death after a hazing incident at Ohio University in 2018, the university has been working to prevent hazing. WUB's Will Price has been covering how the university has been treating it. So, Will, what is Ohio University's new hazing training? This new hazing training was announced earlier this week on Tuesday. It's for all students and faculty and staff here at Ohio University. Exactly what they want us to do is exactly give us resources on hazing, you know, what it is, the details, how to identify it, and how to avoid it. And so what is the significance of this hazing training? The significance really goes back a few years. Starting with when Colin Wyatt died as a result of hazing here at the university, it's really been uh, a big focal point of the university. Remember in 2019 when they suspended all the fraternities in the IFC? Um, And I think this is just a branch off of that. Earlier this summer is when they finally passed Colin's law that also took... um, the tragic death of the student at Bowling Green State University as a result of hazing Stone Foltz. That bill was finally signed into act into law, I believe, in July. And one of the things that the university that it has is it wants all universities throughout Ohio to implement some sort of hazing training, some sort of hazing, you know, informational guide for students. And I think that is, this is a branch off of that, and this is the university, Ohio University's version of that. Why are they implementing this now? Collins Law, Senate Bill 126, goes into effect October 7th. Uh, Talking to a university spokesperson, the main thing that they wanted to do is get this training done uh, and out of the way for all Ohio University, like I said, students, faculty, um, before the effective date of the bill. And I think that way they just get it out of the way. But um, talking to the university spokesperson as well, I think part of it will be, you know, Greek life just had their rush sequence done and they want, you know, prioritize safety, prioritize, get everyone to know these things. So I think that has to do with it. But also particularly mentioned to me was the uh, effective date of Senate Bill 126 is October 7th. And our training is due October 7th at midnight. All right. Thank you, Will. Thank you for having me. COVID-19 cases this week in Athens are up by 30, according to WUB's Aaron Payne. And Athens County has now had just over 7,100 total cases of COVID-19 since the beginning of the pandemic. According to the Ohio Department of Health, there are 787 known cases in the county as of Wednesday, and there are just over 6,300 recovered cases. ODH says so far 47% of the county has started the vaccination process and 43% has completed it. At Ohio University, about 75% of the university community is vaccinated, reports WUB's David Forster. 
Students, faculty, and staff have until November 15th to be vaccinated as part of university requirements announced in August. At Ohio University, about 75% of the university community is vaccinated, reports WUB's David Forster. Students, faculty, and staff have until November 15th to be vaccinated as part of university requirements announced in August. Students will not be barred from campus until after the semester finishes, when unvaccinated students will be unable to register for spring classes. Vaccination for students living on campus is higher than for those living off, and faculty and administration are more likely to be vaccinated than classified staff. Currently, the university's COVID-19 numbers are trending downwards, a good sign according to Dr. Gillian Ice, a professor of social medicine who has been coordinating the university's pandemic response. For the second year in a row, the city of Athens has canceled its annual Halloween block party, which brings thousands of students, residents, and visitors to Court Street. WUB reporter Nick Veland talked to Brandon Thompson, also known as DJ B-Funk, who organizes the block party. And what kind of was the deciding factor to cancel this year? It's safety. You know, we want people, people are like, oh, what's well, outdoors? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it is, but people are still together, you know? And so, um, and I know there's football games going on, there's different events, you know, and um, a lot of those, I think, spaces are in weird situations where they have to do what they're doing. But there's also mechanisms in that situation where, like, you know, you go to this event, we're encouraging to wear a mask, whereas, like, you know, you're on the street, um, people are just doing whatever they're going to do, you know. Uh, and so having all this, you know, a lot of the people who, who are going to be young college students and stuff like that, they work in a lot of spaces that interact with some of the older folks. And so it, it could create a situation that, like, could be really bad. So Part of this for 10 years. What has been your emotional reaction to having to cancel back-to-back years? Oh, dude, it's terrible. I mean, like, as a, so I've DJed every year except for last year and this year. And so, like, it's like the highlight of, you know, like, I love DJing that event. It's so much fun, you know, the, the response to the crowd. I, I grew up in Athens, and so, like, going to the block party, I always had this dream of playing at it because uh, we never had DJs. And so, like, um, and I do know, like, for performers and stuff like that, there's just not um, – there's not a lot of opportunities to play in front of a crowd like that in Athens, you know, like a lot of times they have to go travel out somewhere. So like, you know, being in this hometown space, being able to play in front of thousands of people and stuff like that, to have that cut, it's just, it's just terrible. I mean, it sucks. The city of Nelsonville is at risk for losing its status as a city, based on data from the 2020 census. WUB reporter Ben Schwartz has more on what the community is doing to bring its population count back to above 5,000. There's more than 5,000 people who live in Nelsonville. They just were not counted. Nelsonville city officials gearing up for a marathon effort to recount the city's population. So we're just going to go out there. We're going to try and re-enumerate, recount the entire city, uh, get to 5,000 and turn it into the state and say... Um, we got her done. With just 15 days to finalize numbers, the goal is to keep Nelsonville a city. According to the 2020 census, Nelsonville's population is 4,612 and would be classified as a village under state rules. Officials like Nelsonville City Auditor Taylor Sappington worry the change will mean they could lose out on potential grants. There's no appetite to go to a village. I think everyone has the shared concerns about city services. Um, and I think we all know, as a matter of fact, there are 5,000 people here. 
We just didn't get them counted uh, at the federal level. And so now the state says it's up to us at the local level to find them, and we're going to try and do that. The base of operations for the recount is Nelsonville City Hall, where officials are working to gather counters and where enumerators will verify names and addresses in an effort to bring the city's population back above 5,000. While confidence is high that enough people live in town, though, local volunteer Dottie Frommel shows there is concern about the effectiveness of the upcoming recount campaign. There's a lot of people who I think are afraid, um, a lot of people doubling up with families and uh, maybe their landlords are, they're not allowed to do that, so they're afraid to let people know how many people are actually living in their homes. And even though residents seem confident in the city's population, Executive Director of Stewart's Opera House, Melissa Wales, says the city needs to get it right this time. Um, given the barriers, given the, the, um, the, the known realization that um, some people were reluctant to be counted because of the pandemic and misinformation that they might have gotten about the census counters, um, that we absolutely need to make sure that we have an accurate count. Officials are now pushing residents to help with the counts. Sappington says he's in talks with local companies like Rocky Brands in hopes of hosting an event to raise awareness. Nelsonville's Rotary Club will also host a free dinner Monday evening to round up support. Reporting for WOUB, I'm Ben Schwartz for The Outlet. The city has until Monday, October 11th, to complete and submit the count to the state. WOUB will continue the coverage as the story progresses. For more updates, tune into Newswatch or go to WUB.org. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett. We're edited by Atis Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gavos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at wub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore wub and Instagram at wub underscore outlet. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio. 